1-866-870-0590-STAR-590-1-888-666-0590. That is right. Calls are back. We will be taking calls after every Blue Jays game this year. Again, the number's 416-870-0590-STAR-590-1-888-666-0590. Kevin Barker joining me from Florida. Kevin, 10-4, the Blue Jays win. They are 2-1 and one in the Grapefruit League so far. Not that that matters. I would think what matters to most Blue Jays fans who heard Ben Wagner's call today or watched the game on TV was it was our first chance to see Matt Chapman in a Blue Jays uniform. He didn't disappoint. A two-run home run. We saw an example of his range at third base. Alejandro Kirk also homered for the Blue Jays. Greg Bird homered for the Blue Jays as well. Eight relievers. The Blue Jays emptied the bullpen. Kevin, let's start by talking about Matt Chapman. I understand. Three at-bats against the Pirates. What did you make of Matt Chapman, though? Well, I got to be honest with you, Jeff. First time I saw him standing in the, in the batter's box, he looked leaner to me. You know, for some reason or the other, whenever I saw him in an Oakland uniform, he looked bigger. He looked thicker. You know, he looked like he had a little bit more of a belly. He didn't look that way today. He, he looked considerably leaner to me. Uh, you know, offensively, look, he's a big leaguer. Big, you throw a big leaguer anything down the middle. I don't care if it's off speed pitch, fastball. I don't care how hard you throw it. They're going to hit it really, really hard. And normally it's going to be to the pull side. And when you create some backspin like he did, and you got the wind blowing, you know, I think it was blowing a little bit to right center there today, which is that storm of the way it blows anyway. You know, we heard Ryu talk about all year last year. Oh, he can't throw a changeup down on the way to a righty because of the way the wind's blowing. But that's yeah, a great sign. And then we saw defensively the the, the first move he has, uh, the 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 way he uses his glove hand is. You know, you could argue it's second to none. Now, now I know Arenado is is the elite of the elite when it comes to the third baseman. So man, you, but that ball he he had the really good first move. He went to his left. He went almost to the shortstop hole, got the ball. But you could tell the way he used his glove. You know, it, it wasn't he was letting the ball play him, which is what most defenders do. He played the baseball. You know, it sounds simple. Why can't every big leaguer do that? Well, they can't, especially when they're on the run. They normally let the ball, you know, they'll give with the baseball a little bit more than, than he did right there. He's, look, th- this is exactly what the doctor ordered. Like, you know, if you're if you're a pitcher and you're a ground ball thrower, now you're letting it eat. You're throwing whatever you want to throw because of who's playing third base. 416-870-0590, star 591, triple A, triple six, zero five ninety. You heard Ross Atkins, the general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays on with Ben Wagner. Kind of got the hint that most of the heavy lifting has been done for the Blue Jays so far, although I also, uh, Ross kind of left open the possibility of another move in the next couple of days. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, understandably, I mean, we look at this team and everybody in their, you know, everybody in their dog knows that uh, the Jays are looking to add some balance off the bench. I'm not entirely certain balance in the starting lineup necessarily is that big a deal because, I look at this lineup, and I don't know if you're going to find any left-handed hitters better than Bo, Vladdy, Springer, Teoscar, or Chapman. Uh, it, Matt Chapman today hit out of the number two spot. Spring training lineups don't necessarily mean a thing. It's all a matter of getting players as many at-bats as possible in as short a time. But, Kevin, I think if we look at this team going into this season, 
Where do you see Matt Chapman hitting? Because I'm looking at this thing. I'm almost seeing that top five is set. Well, I don't know. You know, I don't know about the the. I, I know the top four set. When you're talking about five through nine, you know, I I, I think it's a, a second baseman and and Danny Jansen is eight nine. Who is five six seven? Yeah, I'm not real sure. I, I think for me, at least the, the conversations that I've had with people that matter and the, some of the people that have you know the thought processes and how they go about making out these lineups, which, Jeff, you know as well as anybody, it's just not as easy as going, okay, this guy's name's what? I'm mm-hmm. going to throw him in this position. No, it's about matchups. It's about, you know, how many at-bats more they're going to get hitting in this spot than, than that spot. You know, what what gives him a better chance of winning one extra game? There's a ton of things that go into this kind of thing. But, you know, I, I could see him anywhere from that five to seven hole, depending on who they're facing and how he's doing. Now, we also mentioned that his acquisition is going to have a significant impact on Bo Bichette, in particular, the ground that Bo Bichette will have to cover, uh, or the, I was going to say, less ground, perhaps, than he's had to cover in the past. I saw during the telecast, there have been 15 different starting third basemen for the Blue Jays since 2018. Matt Chapman, knock on wood, with with good health, is going to take care of that position. You talked last week about the impact that he could have on Bo Bichette. Dallas Braden, the A's analyst, talked about the impact he could have on Bo Bichette. You saw something, though, in the backfield the other day that was intriguing, and uh, it, it has to do with the drill the Blue Jays are doing for their infield defense. And, Kevin, I want you to tell me a little bit about it because it seems to me that it's, it's the, every, everybody's coming up with newfangled drills, but it seems to me that this drill is the only type... You can only do this if you have an elite defender in your infield. Yeah, I think so. Well, you know, uh, uh, Buck and Joe was talking about the the the, the beep drill. The beep drill is, you know, that they're they're setting a buzzer uh, for an average runner. Average runner to, uh, home to first, I think, is about four point four down the first baseline. Well, you add that to the mix, you got a you got a coach standing in the middle of the field and saying, okay, a a uh, a runner at first base. This guy is either going home to second or home to third or uh, you know first to home. Those kind of things, and they'll they'll hit the ball to where they actually want it to go, and then they they start the timer, and that will tell you how long they have to get it to where that that coach wants it to go. And and I do have video of that. I was there watching that where they would line up, uh, you know, from cut off or relays to go to third base. I know one was supposed to go to home, but actually went to third. Base and you can actually hear the buzzer going off because that tells you and tells that internal clock going off in the you know the the outfielder's mind the the cutoff guy's mind the tagger's mind on how much time they have with an average runner to get the ball where they ultimately want to go you can actually hear the buzzer going off and i will put that on my instagram tonight so you know if you want to tune and actually see it in action check my instagram out but it's it was just an interesting thing to to get everybody in motion to get them thinking about where the ball should go and how much time they have to get it there. We talk about Bo Bichette being on the back fields with Louis Rivera and his internal clock with that runner going down the first base. That's how much time you got. Well, all the other defenders is no different. You know, the quicker I can get it to the cutoff guy, the quicker that cutoff guy can get it to the, the base where he wants to throw it, the quicker they can get that out. And 
that's just a little thing. You know, it's trying to speed up the process. We talk about the short and spring training. Well, they're just trying to get this thing going, that internal clock, a little bit quicker so you can get that out a little bit quicker. And and, and I said this before, you know, with all the teams now and, and Trevor Story going to the Boston Red Sox, you got four teams all bunched up in the American League East. Who wants it? And it could come down to a cutoff and relay on how this thing ends up. And when I was there in 2006, we never did this. It's kind of cool to watch it now. Uh, the Jays, 10-4 winners over the Pittsburgh Pirates today. They will be in Lakeland tomorrow to take on the Detroit Tigers. You can catch the game on sportsnet.ca slash 590. Ben Wagner will have the call from Lakeland. George Springer will not be making the trip to Lakeland. Kevin George Springer and Bo Bichette took part in AAA game in a AAA game today against the Phillies. And uh, Kevin Gossman, I believe through live BP, we found out, uh, because a lot of people thought Kevin Gossman would be starting today, uh, in the Grapefruit League game, but Kevin, we found out that 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 his preference is to throw two live BPs before he takes the mound. And and you know, look, this is a different spring. It's a shortened spring because of the or a compacted spring because of the because of the lockout. And I think when you got veterans like Kevin Gossman, if you're the Blue Jays, you are going to basically let them call the ball, aren't you? Like you're yeah. you're going to trust them to tell you what they need to do and when they need to do it. Yeah, it's just like George Springer. Why is George Springer not playing? He has a plan. You know, the, the Blue Jays are walking up to George Springer going, hey, when do you want to play? When do you think you're ready to be in live action? He's going to tell them exactly when that is. Yeah, it's – look, these these guys that have been around long enough to know their bodies, know, you know, what it takes to, to have the feel, have the tempo, have the ball coming off your fingers the way you want it to come off, setting hitters up. You know, big league pitchers who are established know how to do all these things and want to do it in live batting practice so they can actually call a little – time out you know they look back at a coach to ask the coach what's going on that'll give them a little bit of feel where where their pitches are going and how that how it looks to that certain coach which they can't do in a game so yeah don't don't look into any of these things don't look into why george hasn't played they're going to play they're going to be ready to go opening day they're going to hit the ground running 416-870-0590 star 590 one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. We have heard a lot about Arelvis Martinez. We have heard a lot about Jordan Groshans. We have heard a lot about Gabriel Marino. We have had a chance in the past couple of days to see Arelvis Martinez and Jordan Groshans. We saw Arelvis Martinez hit a home run yesterday. We saw Alejandro Kirk hit a home run today as well. Now. Jordan Groshans or Elvis Martinez, they're not going to be with the team breaking camp. Alejandro Kirk, he's in kind of an interesting situation. We'll talk about Alejandro Kirk. We'll talk about Groshans and Martinez. In particular, when we come back, we'll play a clip from Ross Atkins, who joined Ben Wagner today and talked about a conversation he had with Jordan Groshans after Matt Chapman was was acquired. You're going to want to hear that. I will go to the phone lines, 416-870-0590, star 590, Do you think the Jays are done? This is Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Kevin Barker, we talked about today's game. Saw Alejandro Kirk hit a home run. Elvis Martinez hit a home run yesterday. Uh, we saw Jordan Groshans today. Look, 
this organization has made it pretty clear to teams that Arelvis Martinez and Gabriel Moreno are as close as you're going to find in this organization to untouchable prospects. Jordan Groshans was a guy that maybe a couple of years ago would be in that category. But with the acquisition of Matt Chapman, who's here for at least a couple of years, you'll wonder what the future holds for Jordan Groshans. So Ross Atkins, the general manager of the Blue Jays, sat in with Ben Wagner today during today's game. And they had a conversation about the prospects, about the minor leaguers, and Jordan Groshans in particular. Tom Young, can you play the clip? Matt Chapman is a Toronto Blue Jay for a couple of years, under control through the 2023 season. How does controllability with a guy like Matt Chapman at third base, but then you have to weigh you know, a prospect like Orelvis Martinez factoring in, how big of a challenge is it for an organization to make an impact but also think about the future? Yeah, and Jordan Groshans too. I mean, <clears throat> that is the position you want to be in. <laughs> you never want to rely too heavily on young players transitioning potentially too quickly. Uh, if you can maximize those opportunities, it, it, it is it is a position you want to be in where you you are not looking to expedite anything from player development. It's such a we talk about it all the time. It's, it's much easier in our seats, uh, in front offices, and, and in your seat to talk about the importance of player development. And, you know, really good, talented players like Bo and, Bo and Vladdy, they can't wait to get to the major leagues. And Arelvis and Jordan are the same way. It can't happen soon enough. Uh, but, you know, having, you know, really, really good position players ahead of them, you know, really helps us be patient and ensure that they're getting every ounce out of it. And we'll... Uh, but at the same time, I, you know, I've told Jordan Groshans recently, the best players always play, control what you can, and there's a place for you in this game and with the Toronto Blue Jays if you're one of our best players. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. We'll go to the phone lines in a minute. Kevin Barker, that was Ross Atkins talking about Jordan Groshans. He appears to be almost out of a position in this team. Because Bo's going nowhere at shortstop. Matt Chapman's here for a couple of years, and I'm, I'm willing to bet the Jays take a shot at signing him to uh, at, at least talk to him about, about an extension. Um, although with Arelvis Martinez knocking on the door, that might be uh, a bit iffy. Walk me through where you think Arelvis Martinez, Jordan Groshans, and let's bring in Alejandro Kirk as well. Walk me through where you think they are right now and, 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 and what the future holds for them. Oh, okay, well, Arevis Martinez, for me, is too young. He's raw. I, I saw him up close and personal. You know, he's got the body type. He's got uh, elite bat speed. Uh, he's got everything you need to work with. Well, you know, I've heard the Vladdy comparison. Let's back that up a little bit. Vladdy I've never compared seen him Vlad- to Hanley Ramirez. I, I've never seen Vlad again. You know, I've heard Vladdy, too. I haven't seen Vladdy hit 214 in A-ball. Like, let's not get too crazy, but he has all the skills to take it to that sort of next level. Jordan Groshans, listen, right now he could help a playoff team defensively. Offense, offensively, right now, at the big league level, he's too easy of an out. Like, you can elevate the hater. You can spin it if you're a right-handed pitcher. Even if, you know, he's that guy that plays three times a week against lefties. You know, can he get the head out on some good heat from a left-handed pitcher? You haven't really seen that because because of the elevated leg kick that he has. Uh, Kirk, look, uh, you know, you would have thought everything I'd heard that he was coming back better in better shape. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't seen that. I don't see that. We didn't see that today. But, you know, what I've heard and the way he talks, he seems to think he plays better, heavier. Mark, I don't he know is, what that... He is heavy. 
Like, well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he's he he's heavy. Uh, yeah. Let's just say it. He's heavy. I. He is. Well, you know, again, it's it's to each his own. If the player thinks that he's a better player with a little heavier weight, now I don't know what that number is, and I'm not even going to try and guess. I mean, but I'd if like he to thinks see him hit his weight, to be honest. Well, I did see him go deep on a two-strike pitch. I did see him hit a double off the right center field wall. That's covering the entire field. If he can do that at this weight, who cares what he looks like? Yeah. Jordan Groshans very quickly before we go to the phones. Yeah, I just said he's he's a he can help a play he can help a playoff team defensively, offensively. He's too easy of an out. Yep. All right, let's go to the phone lines. John in Florida, are you really across the street from the stadium? Go from uh, the the Atlanta Braves Stadium in Northport, Florida. There you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, hey guys, thanks for uh, taking my call. And um, you know, kind of a good start to the season for the Blue Jays so far. I was in Sarasota the other day to see them. Um, just have a couple of quick questions. You know, one to kind of build off the Alejandro Kirk uh, mm-hmm. uh, comments. Um, do you see the Blue Jays carrying three catchers this year, at least at the start of the season? And secondly, um, do you see Greg Bird as maybe being that left-handed bat um, that can help them um, either off the bench or in the lineup? John, thanks for the call. Kevin, I'll throw it over to you. Three catchers. You know, ben Wagner said during the broadcast today that his understanding is unless unless the rosters are expanded, they're not carrying three catchers. It's going to be Danny and Reese McGuire. Yeah, even if even if it is expanded, the the the, the thoughts that I'm getting from, from from the guys that are making these decisions are they, they may take an extra pitcher, they may take an extra bullpen arm. They haven't, you know. Again, it's about that piggyback thing. Who's ready at the beginning of the season to give you five or six innings? Mm-hmm. You don't really know who that is in the rotation, so they may be may be some piggyback, and you need the extra you, you need the extra arm. Greg Bird, look, don't let one home run to left center field off a left-hander gets you all excited just yet. You know, he's one of those guys, has a little all or nothing in his swing, and health is a thing. If he continues to do this and he looks like this last day of spring training, now now you may have to make a decision on what you want to do with him. He is left-handed. He has done it in the American League East. He does know the ballparks. Uh, he, He is a threat. That's something they don't have. Yeah, the only thing I'll say about Greg Bird is, to me, his biggest strength right now is his defense. And I've got to think, like... We, we already know from what Ross Atkins said that Kevin Biggio is going to see some time at first base as well. Like, I, I think where this is going is before the end of spring training, Kevin, we've talked about this. Before the end of spring training, we're going to see Randall Gritchick traded. We're going to see another left-handed bat in here. And it may not be an everyday left-hander because nobody's going to supplant Teoscar uh, or, or Springer in the outfield. But I think what you're going to see with Greg Bird, I, I talked to somebody in the organization about him. And he said, here's what we envision Greg Bird doing. We envision him going down to AAA, and he's going to play good defense. You know that if he stays healthy, you can see this guy coming up because guys are going to get hurt. You can see this guy coming up for a series in May. You can see him hitting a couple of home runs over a span of six days. Like This is the thing Greg, Greg Bird brings them a left-handed thumper off the bench. Yeah, he, he is. Not, all, he's not. I don't think he makes his team. I don't think there's any way he makes his team unless somebody gets hurt. Yeah, it's probably well said. Yeah, I, I think you have to, you know, see him hit velocity, see him lay right. off the elevated fastball. We didn't see that today. You could see hitters count three one, three two. Those are fastball counts, especially early in spring training. Look late to me uh, off a right-handed pitcher. I know it's early, and that's probably not fair to even say that about it. But you, that's what you need to see a little bit more of. And those hitters counts, fastball counts off the right-handers. You need to really see him getting it down and getting it. Same and then I'm with you. He's probably a depth guy at the minor league level. Brian and Whitby, you're on Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker. What's up, Brian? 
Oh, not much. I love the show, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Um, no problem. Yeah, I just wanted you kind of just answered it, Jeff, but I, I'm hoping that I, I love the team, but I'm hoping they do go out and get a left-handed bat. I really do think they need they need a left-handed bat in this lineup. Um, I mean, obviously, we're all we're all wishing for Jose Ramirez, but who knows when that will happen? If it will happen, I do think they have the prospects to make it happen if they wanted to. Um, would you guys make a trade for Jose Ramirez? Um, that's one thing. And and do you, do you think like Michael Michael Conforto Conforto's still out there? Do you think they should go and get a left-handed bat? That's what that was my question. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. Look, we don't know about Michael Conforto's vaccination status. I mean, we just don't. That That's a mystery, and that has to factor into the Blue Jays' uh, decision-making, given the border situation, uh, given the border situation right now. Hey, we'd all love Jose Ramirez. My understanding is uh, when Josh Donaldson was traded to the, to the then-Cleveland Indians, that Jose Ramirez was not thrilled with moving to second base. I think with that knowledge now, Maybe, maybe Jose Ramirez is a deal that you make closer to the trade deadline, but I, I certainly didn't get, unless Ross Atkins is sandbagging it, Kevin, I certainly didn't get the sense that the deal they're working on is, is of, uh, of that, that deal in nature. Look, we've heard the name Ramel Tapia, a uh, left-hand hitting outfielder who can go get the ball with the Colorado Rockies. Uh, you, uh, we, we said this earlier, Kevin. Vladdy, George, Teoscar, Bo, Chapman, they're playing every day. They, they could hit middle. If there was such a thing as hitting middle instead of, it doesn't matter. What you're looking for with balance, maybe in a perfect world, a left-hand hitting catcher. You got that. Uh, but other than that, maybe a lefty off the bench. And, and I'll tell you, I think there's, if the Jays don't make a move, I think there's a way that maybe a guy like Josh Palacios cracks his team just yeah, at the start of the year. Just at the start of the year. Yeah, I don't know what, exactly what that would look like. Look, I, this is just me looking at this team as a whole. If they perform the way they're supposed to perform and they stay healthy, for me, they should win the American League East. Now, would it take balance to win the World Series? I think that's where that's Ross, a great point. Ross needs great to point. start thinking about that at the All-Star break and later in the season of, you know, now we're in first place. Now everything's clicking the way we want it to click. Mostly we're healthy in, in the places we're supposed to be healthy. Now we need that guy to mix up Vladdy and George Springer and Teoscar and Bo. We need that guy. What's it going to take to get that guy? And, and that, for me, is when he'll probably do it right now. Who can argue about the lineup? I, I mean, <laughs> Charlie's not sitting around there going, you know what? I don't really like this guy. What if I hit him second or third? I mean, it's like, can you have too many guys? But when it comes, push comes to shove, look at the Braves last year. I said this to you before, and I'll continue to say it. For me, anyway, they had a couple of guys out of the bullpen that got hot, but they won the World Series because they were balanced. They were very hard to pitch to and match up against. And for me, the Blue Jays want to win the World Series. They have to have a little bit better balance in their lineup. Yeah, if we ever hear Charlie saying to the media, I don't know, man. I'd love to break up that. I'd love to break up that trio of Vladdy, Bo, and George somehow. Uh, you know, at, at that point, I think we'll uh, we, we we can start we can start panicking a bit. Kevin, we saw eight relievers today by my count. Max Castillo was the only one who pitched two innings. Look, spring training and all that stuff, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, yada yada yada. Yimmy uh, Garcia is not in camp right now. He's got a visa issue. This happens. Uh, one of the issues with the CBA is because because it took so long to get it negotiated, guys guys had a difficult time getting getting their visas straightened around. In the meantime, you know, it opens the door for some guys to impress. 
And what we saw today, two guys that stood out to me, Julian Merriweather, our old friend Julian Merriweather, who should be wrapped in, I mean, they should, I'm hoping they got him in bubble wrap for the, you know, and they're, 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 there's like 10 of them taking him home to his, his room in Florida right now. But may, Taylor Salcedo as well. Those two guys in particular, talk to me about them and, and what role you see them fulfilling well, this year. Per- perfect scenario is Julian Merriweather's throwing 100 miles an hour. He's got the Bugs Bunny change up. He can sprinkle in the curveball for strike one. Uh, he's he's doing that against some really good left-handed hitters. He can do it in the eighth and ninth inning. But the question you just you know can ask all the time about Julian Merriweather, is he healthy? Is he healthy enough that you can count on him and go to him back-to-back days and you know, let's not put the cart before the horse to even think that. But look, his his demeanor on the mound, you can see it's quiet. It's its easy. It doesn't look like the moment's too big for him. Looks like, he's, he's, like he did a Yankee Stadium last it, year. Remember it, we talked about that. It sure does. If he's got arm speed on the changeup and the, and the velocities there, you know, for me anyway, he'd have to make this team. Taylor Sacedo's an interesting guy. Could you bring him in in the, in the, in the, in the sixth inning or seventh inning with games on the line? I'm not talking about last year. I'm talking about game yeah. on the line with a one run lead with two righties and a lefty coming up. Do you, do you feel confident? If your answer's yes, then you give him a chance to make this team. If your answer is what you're just your face just looked like was uh, not real sure, then you probably send him down. And if if you, when you have to call him up, you have to call him. Do up. you have room for him and Tim Mesa and your bullpen, or are we talking different roles here? Yeah. Tim Mays is an eighth and ninth inning guy. I mean, okay. He's 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 established that you know if the if the sinker slider's working, he can get both sides of the plate out, and you know he's been there and done it before, which gives Charlie a lot of trust. Charlie's a trust guy. You, you you just remember that now. There's a lot of times you see double barrel in the bullpen. You you need he needs to have that trust. He needs options in the bullpen. And if you got a guy, you know it's it's sort of like Greg Bird. You're calling Greg Bird up when he's hot. Taylor Saucedo is sort of the same kind of guy, right? When he's hot, he's he's throwing strike one. He feels comfortable throwing in to a righty. He can elevate with two strikes. He can throw the hard one to back foot to a righty. When he's doing that and it's working, Charlie feel comfortable going to him. If he doesn't, for me, he's a minor leaguer. Uh, Alec Manoa will start tomorrow uh, against the Tigers in Lakeland. One of the other things Ross Atkins said in his conversation with with Ben Wagner today, and, and I, I wouldn't say this is a shock, but uh, it, it's it, it's going to be a talking point. It became a talking point the second that Yusei Kikuchi signed. Uh, he indicated again, he being Ross Atkins, indicated again that right now, uh, they are looking at Nate Pearson as a starter. That that's that's how they're that's how they're 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 treating him. Um, you know his exact line is, uh, "We'll be uh, hopefully we'll be able to get him in a good position where he will be a starting option." He did say though, perhaps an extended role in the bullpen as a a piggyback. You've been you've been down there. You've been around there. What are you hearing? Because that's a public stuff about Nate Pearson. What are you hearing about Nate Pearson? From folks around Dunedin. Everybody's healthy, ready to go. Where's he pitching? Barrios, Gosman, Ryu, Manoa, uh, Kikuchi. And, and then you had Ross Stripling. Ross Stripling is going to be sort of that hybrid guy. He'll come in in the fourth or fifth inning to bridge the gap to the highest leverage guys coming out of the bullpen. But where's Nate Pearson starting? I, I, unless the guy needs an, an, an extra day and, you know, an extra day's rest, and you might work him in that way early in the season, I – for me, he's the high-octane, 
hybrid guy out of the pen. Stop messing with him. Like, I, it's fun to come out and go. I got this big giant human who can throw 100 miles an hour. We're going to start him one time. We're going to run him over here one time. We're going to have him do this one time. Do you really think, Jeff, everything you've seen from Nate Pearson, he can actually do that? Give him a roll. Say, here it is. Go out there and let it eat. Show us what you got. It's your time to shine, buddy. For me, I think this is what has to happen. If you continue to go, ah, we're going to stretch him out. We're going to do this. We expect this from him. I mean, last year, you know why he was good? He simplified it. It's two pitches. I'm pitching out of the stretch. I got two pitches. I'm throwing harder. I can maintain my velocity. I'm throwing strike one, and I'm doing it with vinegar. Because I'm beating that dude on the on-deck circle. That's a big deal for him. He has to do that. I just think this this back-and-forth thing, for me anyway, from what I've seen, it's just not going to work. I mentioned that Alec Manoa is starting tomorrow. Uh, we've heard Alec Manoa talk about uh, wanting to, to tinker around with a splitter, maybe throw the type of splitter that Kevin Gossman does. He's also said that, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's intrigued and maybe taking a look at Kikuchi, at the cutter that Kikuchi throws. Uh, I'll ask you this. What do, you, what do we need... What do we need to see from Alec Manoa in spring training to tell us that he is good to go for the regular season? Yeah, I'm going to be the one guy that raises my hand and go, hey, bro, your ERA was under three last year. <laughs> you if, know, it, if, it ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You were pretty good. It's okay to start messing around, you know, and maybe steal a strike with something, and maybe all of a sudden with a guy that you really have trouble getting out, maybe throw him that splitter if you have a lot of confidence in it. Now, a splitter, Jeff, is a grip it and rip it pitch. You ain't aiming that thing. Like, you're just trying to make it look like you're heater and drop off the table. That's what it's looking like. But now you're starting to try and add cutters. And, you know, a cutter is a BP heater that you might leave down the middle to a really good hit. You know what they do with those? The same thing that happened early in game with the Blue Jays, what the Pirates were doing. That's what happened. So for me, you throw an invisible, and you do it with that thing I was talking about, vinegar. Tweet, tinker a little, and then expand from there. Mr. Barker, as always, we appreciate your time. Uh, I'll give you a rundown of the next couple of days. Blair and Barker will not be on the air tomorrow, which is Monday, because it's the NHL trade deadline. And uh, we will be back doing post-game shows on Sunday through the Grapefruit League season. And, uh, of course, we'll be, we'll be doing the Blue Jays talk once the regular season begins. We'll be going from 10 to 12, once the 10, 10 a.m. to noon, once the baseball season begins as well. Tomorrow, the Jays are in Lakeland to take on the Detroit Tigers. You can catch the game on sportsnet.ca slash 590. Ben Wagner will have the call of the game. We already mentioned Alec Manoa will be on the mound for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, George Springer and Bo Bichette did not play in the Grapefruit League game today. They, uh, from all accounts, had pretty good at-bats in the minor league complex in the AAA game against the Philadelphia Phillies. So that is it for us today. The Blue Jays, they're 2-1 and one in Grapefruit League play beating the Pittsburgh Pirates 10-4. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick, the Leafs have made a monster trade. Well, a big trade. They'll break it down for you next. Leaf Nation just around the corner for all of us here at Sportsnet 590 The Fan. For show, Tom, Ben, and the one and only Kevin Barker, the mayor of Back Lake City. I'm Jeff Blair. Thank you for joining us.